Hi, this is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Stories of the Supernatural. Wherever you find us, whether it's a video or podcast on your favorite platform, please like and subscribe to us so that you can get notification of when a new show is released. You can also find us on major social media platforms. If you go to MiamiGhostChronicles.com, you can find links to the videos or MP3 files, which you can download and enjoy without commercial interruptions. If you're into classic horror, ghost, and adventure stories, I narrate Nightshade Diary, and you can find links at NightshadeDiary.com. If scary stories are your bag, and listening to encounters with cryptids, ghosts, dogmen, and other weird creatures sends a shiver up your spine, then go to SupernaturalStoryTime.com for links to our weekly podcasts. Noteworthy news about the paranormal world, true crime, conspiracy stories, and anything that is just plain weird can be found at eerie.news or visit the Stranger Than Fiction Stories tab at MiamiGhostChronicles.com. Please subscribe to my newsletter on Substack. Just go to mppelliser.com for a link. I want to thank you for being part of my audience, and I think you are all wonderful. Hi, everybody. It's Marlene with Stories of the Supernatural. How's everybody doing? Good, I hope. Everything is good over here. I know I've gotten some emails about since people that are aware that I live in Florida. I live now in North Florida. And luckily, we braced for it. But I had purposely moved to what I did in the middle of the state, as in far away from the coast, because I grew up in Miami. And I know what it's like to face hurricanes my whole life. And we made a decision. Yeah, it's beautiful to live on the coast. But when it comes to moments like this, you realize, you know what? I don't want I don't want that worry. So we got where well, we got lucky. This thing skirted in as everybody knows it came in south of Tampa through Lee County, skirted across the state south of us and all we got was some rain, some wind bands, and of course right now as I speak, it's exited and it's up on the east coast of Florida making its way towards uh it's again become a category one hurricane and it's going up into looks like uh, the Georgia Carolina coastline, Savannah Charleston. Let's see what happens with that. And that's an ongoing thing. But let's get on. But before I forget, guys, don't forget to subscribe to my Substack newsletter. It comes out a couple of two to three times a week. And on there, I put all the important stuff. It. I am going to have a giveaway for my new book that just came out, The Phantoms of the Follies. Um, probably I'm going to have a giveaway through Goodreads. But it's available for uh, pre-order, but it will not be available until October 4th, okay, about a week from today. And I'm going to, and usually in the newsletters is where I put out there if I have giveaways of, you know, if I uh, am going to do a, anything special, it's, that's the place to do it. So, and also visit me on eerie.news, not eerienews.com, eerie.news, and I've got a lot of interesting, I read all the stories of weird, unusual stuff things like that not sometimes paranormal sometimes have to do with true crime i look at stuff from outer space cloning you name it if it's weird um i'll read a little blurb on it about half an hour like you know for people that enjoy the news (laughs) just the the weird one those but anyway let's get on to the good part the good part is who's the guest today this gentleman has been here several times and i'm so happy to have him back his name is Reverend Bill Bean. He is a world-renowned exorcist, spiritual deliverance minister, and he is known as a spiritual warrior. Bill has helped hundreds of people in America, along with hundreds of others in 50 other countries. 
Uh, his Bill Bean Spiritual Warfare Deliverance Ministry addresses anything from curses, blocks, attachments, obsession, oppression to possession by demonic spirits. He's also an internationally known author, lecturer, and paranormal supernatural expert. Bill Bean is currently appearing in episodes of A Haunting Ghost Nation, Fright Club, along with a 2019 episode of The Holzer Files. Bill regularly joins George Nuri on Coast to Coast AM and hosts his own weekly show called Warrior Mode. Bill Bean appeared in the Lifetime Movie Network series I Was Possessed and was in the 2010 sci-fi movie The Haunted Boy. He has also appeared in many other TV shows about the paranormal and the supernatural as well. His deliverance ministry addresses... Uh, like I said, anything from curses and possessions, and we're going to talk about it. He has a new book that's coming out, and he's given over 2,000 media interviews in his career, and he's performed hundreds of exorcisms all over the world. Uh, he's the author of the following critically acclaimed books, Dark Force, Deliver, Ten Steps to Victory, The Connection, Stranger Than Fiction, Dark Force Revisited, The Seventh Book, Stranger Than Fiction 2, and Purge. Um... He was also featured in a 2019 book from Dr. Heather Lynn called Evil Archaeology, Demons, Possession, and Sinister Relics. And again, we're, uh, we're going to talk about a new book. I believe, I don't know if it's been released or it's about to be released, titled Tales from an Exorcist. Help me welcome him. How are you doing today, Bill? Thank you so much for having me back, Marlene. And I want to apologize about the previous times that we couldn't no. uh, connect. That it was, you know, I, I've just been so busy with so many people, so many cases that uh, it's like trying to put a farm. Yes, we, we, we were talking previously before we started to record that, that we a lot of the stressors, I want to say in the last two years, more or less, two and a half years, um, yeah. definitely it's like putting uh, gasoline in the fire, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, it's just amazing. And, and also I'd like to say that I'm certainly praying for you and your family and everybody uh, in Florida that has been affected uh, by Hurricane Ian and also praying for the people that are in the path of it as it has become a Category 1 again. Yeah. And we certainly pray for the people that uh, might be in line for that thing to come through there. Right. And uh, I have to say that because I've been, you know, like I said, when you grow up in this, you you – like I said, I was born and raised in Miami, so I've, that's, I don't want to say it's a threat, but it's always there. When you live in a certain place, sure. whatever the case, you grow up with it. And I want to say this governor, he's been great. He's been on the money because I, 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 you know, I've seen there's a main roadway, even though I live in a very small town, there's a big roadway used by truckers. I've seen dozens of those uh, electrical, um, uh, ele electric, well, from different companies, like electric yeah. companies from out oh, of state. Yeah. Sure. Dozens of them coming, going, heading southbound. Uh, they really, it looks like they've really uh, brought in ahead of time uh, in order to get, you know, the, the electricity restored. God, because let me tell you, that makes yeah. a big difference. We've all wimps, and I, I'm, I'm, I might admit, I'm one of them. You take away the electricity, and, you know, that's only great if you're camping, but <laughs> when you're living at uh, home. Yeah. It's like oh. it's uh, reality slaps you in the face. Then you know when you Absolutely. we take a lot of things for granted in life, and when we suddenly don't have those things, boy oh boy, yeah, it's by choice. Uh, when that you really just erupts a way of life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You learn a lesson, and, um, and that's one of my ten steps to victory: is to be grateful for everything. Don't fret yes. about what you don't have. Be thankful for what you do have. Yes, absolutely. And it it makes you you end up being what I consider my personal opinion a happier person. Okay, 
Um, and a lot of people sometimes mistake that, Bill, for thinking, oh, don't strive. And I say, no, um, you can be content as you go along towards a certain goal, um, you know, with what you have, even if you want maybe something better in whatever area of your life. But, yeah. But let's face it, we live on a day-to-day, on a daily existence is what I'm saying. You know, what You're I think. right. Life is very fragile and it could change super quickly. Yes, of course. Or when you look back, you know, because, you know, a lot of times people think, oh, when I get this car, when I get this job or when I get this person, then I'll be happy. Then I'll, and it's like, what about all the days in between? You know what? You're always going to yeah, be in a state of longing. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. And so it's, it's really, as we talked off air, I mean, I think there's a concerted effort now by the devil and his minions and the human minions that oh. take direct orders from the devil that carry out these agendas. Um, they are trying to lower the frequency and vibration of the people in yes. America and on planet Earth. And when yes. you do that, that it opens people wide uh, open, they're mm. wide open for and vulnerable uh, forward to demonic attack. Yes. And and that's what's taking place here. And uh, it's just very important that people find a way to have peace and not give in to the fear and the stress and the anxiety and panic. Um, because, again, we don't want to be in those negative uh, areas because it lowers the frequency of vibration. So it is essential that we try to keep ourselves, our frequency of vibration, our being, our way of life on high, high frequency, high vibration. So I say that over and over again, Marlene, and I, and look, I can't force anybody to do anything, nor do I want to, but I could show people through personal experience, you know, what God has done for me in my life and how he transformed my life. You know, he took me from being a victim and save me and then transform my life into being a victor and a warrior for him. And it is by the power of God that I can do what I do. There's no other way. And some of the things that, uh, you know, I've just written this new book. It won't be out until October 22nd. But uh, sitting down and writing that book, I had a chance to reflect on some things. And I'm telling you right now, as sure as I'm talking with you, some of those things that I had gone through, and, and some of the travel, and having no sleep, and doing the, it, it's it's supernatural in itself. It is supernatural how God worked through me to get to certain people on no sleep and having to switch planes like two times, taking four planes to get to where I had to go, and then, you know, God working through me to help the people and to free them from evil. I Just absolutely uh, miraculous. Well, you know, you've seen the air travel. It's become crazy. You're how about the cancellation yeah. of all these flights uh, at the last minute? Oh. And I'm thinking, I hate people to... acting up on the flight. Oh yeah, that's another one. <laughs> they, yeah, I've never seen. I, don't get me wrong. Every once in a while, you would hear about some crazy person that acted out, but this was very infrequent. Nowadays, yeah. The other day, I saw one where a guy just went up and hit a. Um, one of, uh, it was an attendant in the back of the head. Yeah. Like, we punched him. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, I would be like, and this is the thing. It's like, um, and I don't know if you've seen it in your work, Bill, where, uh, and you want, if you want to say, well, there's a, a demonic attachment or oppression or obsession because it's the insanity. I mean, a lot of people look at it as yeah. insanity. Okay. Like, in other words, this, their conduct is a product 
of mental illness, but I think there's a component there of, of spiritual interference as well. You better believe it, because the mind, body, and spirit tie in together. They all tie into one. So where yep. one area is affected, they can all be affected. And yes, I do believe that it is spiritual to where, uh, you know, with some of these people who might already right. have some type of mental instability, mm-hmm. and you come up with this, is why the cross lines things that some of the most are thing. Right, and and that's what a lot of you know. I'm not. Gonna, I, I understand. I I understand very well what mental illness is, uh, or behavior disorders. I understand completely. But people don't understand that you can have somebody with that disorder, but if they have some type of spiritual attachment, whatever, anything, yeah. or influence, it will uh, aggravate their symptoms, or maybe not yeah. make them yeah. take their medicine, or not cooperate. Let's say if they have caregivers or family, will make them like more combative. And it's like, yes, you can have both things. And then, of course, sometimes when there is mental illness and they don't take their meds or, you know, or they keep going, let's say if they have a, you know, because people don't understand if if you've been diagnosed with some of these uh, mental illnesses or disease of the brain or chemical imbalance, you're supposed to be seeing a doctor on a regular basis to make sure that, hey, your dose is right and just, you know, things like that. And when they don't do that, that's when you see sometimes the, that they act out in ways that you're like, this is horrible. And I'm sure you've seen these stories out of like, especially New York, people getting pushed in front of trains. I mean, horrible yeah. things. Yeah, I have. Uh, I've been a part of some things that uh, were life threatening that could have been life threatening to me. Uh-huh. And God kept me safe. And okay. I'm thankful that uh, I have the physical training to be able to subdue people and to keep them from hurting me. Um, but I have been in those situations and, uh, it is just miraculous in itself again, that God not only kept me safe, but helped me to keep the individual safe as well. And, uh, so I have lived through it. I have seen it firsthand and it's just, uh, it's growing. It's increasing. You know, and I don't know, Bill, you've seen some of the pictures, you know, some of these people that have done these really horrific things, and you see these pictures, and you look at their face, and, um, you know, I've worked with people, you know, who have have severe mental illnesses, so I, they have this look on their face that's like, yes, obviously this person, but there's something else there, and I, I yeah. discern it is somebody that's worked in that area, and that you see there's some beyond the mental illness, there's something else that's driving it. And I know a lot of people. There's something else going on there. Yes. Yes. And, um, and if you really don't know what you're looking for, you could just make it just, this is an organic problem. This is just strictly at this person is for lack of a better word is crazy, but sometimes the crazy is there, but more. And it's being the, 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 the body or the mind is being used as an instrument. How's that? Absolutely. So when it becomes spiritual, that's exactly what the devil said demons to do, is to uh, literally try and plug in, unplug the, the mind of the victim and plug in yes. uh, that demonic uh, force that now is sort of guiding the body to act up and do some things that a person wouldn't ordinarily do. 
Well, and and by the way, and, and I've said this before, and I'm saying I'm not giving an out to anybody, even serial killers, whether they have mental, you know, because you can have a mental illness. By the way, that doesn't mean you're insane. In other words, you still know the difference right. between right and wrong. But you will have right. not all of them. Some of them will say that when they commit these really horrific, they don't remember, like they black out. Like in other words, their personality and their consciousness sometimes is pushed back, and they they come to yeah. like after the fact. And that's, and that's, a, that's what a happens sign of during a demonic possession yep. is the uh, person's mind is unplugged mm-hmm. and that external force comes in and takes over. Now, in the case of some serial killers that I've studied about, mm-hmm. um, they had in their younger years, they were exposed to evil. They oh, yes. were uh calling on evil they were participating in uh cultic type of things and there were also some uh killing pets and animals and dissecting them and beheading them and things of that nature so they had uh the recipe and every ingredient there for the devil to to work through an individual like that and create as much destruction through that person as possible yeah, there's, there's, I mean, whether, you know, and I know some people don't like it, whether it's psychopath born, uh, we've talked about it, Bill, you know, uh, sexual molestation and yeah. physical abuse as a child, which is an entry point. It, it's all like a mishmash that basically it just, for years, and of course the child grows up and then, you know, especially if no adult was there to protect them, then like you said, they become sociopathic. They start doing exactly what you described. They want to be the victimizer yeah. instead of being the victim. And then they go Absolutely. into dark paths. Not everybody, by the way. I'm not saying. There's a lot of people sometimes that endure very horrific things as children, and they they get beyond it. They, they go beyond it, but there's some that don't. And like you said, when you look at their backgrounds and their childhoods, it's like, wow, some really dark yeah, stuff Yeah, it's happened. just amazing. You look at that and you say, wow, how, you, you could see – how that began to form yes, and, and how the, the, the ingredients were there for that individual to go on to do high wickedness. Let me ask you, in this book that you're about to release, I, I saw that you have several stories. Are these some of the encounters that you've had? Uh, yes. Okay. Okay. And some are uh, – I was very careful in trying to protect the identities of some of the clients and I did everything that I could by changing dates and locations and certainly either not mentioning names or changing names. Mm -hmm. But in other instances, uh, one, two, three, three or four, um, they agreed uh, and wanted their stories told. And and I mentioned them in there and it's very powerful. And uh, I'll tell you, Marlene, this is the 10th book that I've written. Mm -hmm. And out of the 10, this will probably be the most compelling as far as, you know, people digging into this and seeing the dynamics that took place, reading about what was going on in the person's life or the family's life leading up to, you know, that full manifestation of evil that uh, nearly destroyed some of these people and families. Oh, sure. Let me ask something, Bill. When you get contacted by a family or a person do you do you feel before you get there am i dealing with 
something demonic or do you or is it when you actually meet the person because I imagine they contact you first at what point or do you start getting um how can I say it it's like a feeling I don't know do you get something beforehand before you even meet the person like yeah there is something here malevolent involved in yeah this person? Okay. Yeah. So when the person contacts me, I know right away. God, I don't claim to be anything, mm-hmm. Marlene. But what I can say is that God gives me a knowing of things. That's the best okay. way to say it. Sure. And uh, yeah, so I do know, and God will sometimes show me things, and show me exactly what's going on, and um, so then we just take it from there. And and also, uh, like the other night, it, this was just so amazing. I. I do sessions, and again, God's worked through me to help people from all over the world. And I was answering, I usually go on late at night and answer my messages because I'm so busy. Uh, That's the only time. I I still don't get to bed probably between 6 and 7 a.m. now, and that is every morning. And uh, so I go on very late, you know, whether it's 4, 5, 5.30, whatever, and start answering some messages on, like, the social media and this message came across two nights ago, two mornings ago, and and this man was frantic, and he was uh, he was in um, Tunisia, northern Africa. Okay. And uh, he saw me on a TV show over there, and reached out because he was getting close to suicide. He was just he had had enough. Nothing was going right in his life been suffering for a long time, being attacked by demonic forces, and mm-hmm. and that's what happens. So it's all part of a game to where they want to wear the person down to the point to where yes. the person gives will to fight and to live, and that's how possession can take place, or suicide. Yes. And so this individual contact, it was all perfect timing, I'm telling you. It's, it, so I saw the message, and I said to him, uh, his name was Muhammad. I said, uh, Muhammad, uh, go send me a connection request on Skype right now. And uh, we, he did. And within 10 minutes, we had the session right there because God was telling me that it was urgent. And I dropped everything that I was doing and had a spiritual delivered session with him. And I'm happy to tell you that he's doing very well now. Praise God. And so that's another amazing thing that God does is he will He'll make that connection, and when a person is at their lowest point, he'll somehow make a way for that person to be able to connect to me and then work through me to help them. Right, right. In other words, that – and did he have any idea how that had come about, Bill? Yeah, he thinks it was through a family bloodline curse, Mm -hmm. and I would be inclined to agree with him because uh, he had had a lot going on there and a lot of uh, dynamics within the family as well. Right. And you know that, I know that you said North Africa, but you know, down in uh, Central Africa or the other, they have the oh, yeah. magic MUTI, yep. which they do uh, a lot of, especially in South Africa, the human sacrifice. And they seek mm-hmm. out especially uh, individuals that are albinos, because for them, that's like high magic. And yeah. um, they even at one this was many years ago i want to say 10 or years they even had a special a unit this was in south africa on the police force because so many murders ended up being that that was the motivator it wasn't like ritualistic in it was nature ritualistic yeah. children and that's very prevalent oh. over there and um they have found sometimes even in europe children that 
that they have flown them out from Africa to Europe for because the, the person who wants to do the ritual lives in another country. And basically, they take the child from Africa, take them to, and there was one case, uh, it was in England. And uh, they, you know, when they do uh, the autopsy, you know, that they could tell by what you have in the stomach content, where you've been at. Yeah. And they found that this child wasn't, it, he, the child was from Africa, in other words. In other words, the child had been taken from Africa over to the UK specifically for this yeah. purpose and this this happens and people sometimes don't realize that some of that is more common than we think all right oh yeah it's, yeah um and uh unfortunately uh how can i say it? because i want to say sometimes bill that sometimes people when you talk about possession and things like that they're thinking of like the exorcist things and people yeah. that are possessed can do horrific things i'm not talking about hey my head's spinning around or anything like right. that right People that, like you said, that they engage in these dark rituals. And, oh, yeah. Uh, how can I say? In other words, they're perfectly possessed. They've given themselves up willingly. That's right. That's absolutely right. And that's part of an invocation yes. invitation. And yes. the devil will take them up on it and send those demons in to create yes. a variety of you know horrible right. things. Uses them. Uses them to do things yeah. like this. Uh, yeah. That's and right. They people. It's not like some type. Like get the only just the Hollywood version of when you think of the exorcism or the possession or things like that. This is a very dark, dark. Um, I want to say it. It even though it's spiritually driven, they uh, are out there actually doing the work of evil. How's that? Yeah. No question about it. You know they're like the no uh, question the, about um, it. How would you call it? Not the troubleshooter, but they're the ones. They're like the. I, I want to say, and I don't. You tell me, Bill, if you agree with this, that sometimes the devil and everything they're limited what they can do in our plane. So they need us humans or a human to carry out horrible things, horrible deeds. Yes, absolutely, a host body that will. Yeah. And uh, you know, think about it. Uh, okay, would I rather possess a person and, like you said, maybe driving crazy, or can I possess them and have them do these horrible acts? For sometimes for years, which is like a ripple effect because they cause heartbreak, they cause anguish, agony for so many people. Let's say if they kill somebody or any no other question things, about it. And it's like this is what I think evil, the devil, whatever you want to call it, Satan wants. It's like it, yeah, I, as much destruction as possible, as, as much, much destruction, misery as and pain and torment yes. and suffering as humanly possible or yes. spiritually possible. Yes, including. Uh, some of these things, and um, uh, and I'm late. I was reading this book. You remember back in when uh, Son of Sam out there in New York in the 1970s? I sure do. And I don't know if you've seen I have it. been there on that location several times in Untamara Park, and let me tell you, that's one of the most evil places is, that oh, I have ever been. Tell me, you know what? You, you, I'm, I don't know if you've heard of that book by Terry Mori that he wrote that he felt Mori that, Terry, yeah, Mori I have Terry, it. I'm sorry, I can't yeah. That yeah. he thought that it was uh, basically, it wasn't just Berkowitz it, as a lone person. Nope. And I agree with Mari. I yes. agree 100%. There's a network out there and they are yes. in the high places yes. and they know who they are and they know right. what they're doing yes and this goes all the way up to some of the highest places on yes. the earth that these people are part of right. and uh if you read yeah, that book I, he talks about yeah uh basically the 
the people ultimate who are evil. The drinks are are in they, they they had ties to the processed church out in California and yeah, that's and, right. They're tied in with those, and you better believe it. Yeah, and they basically were flying people in from the coast to to basically to do commit these murders. And one of the things that I think was really interesting that in one of the interviews or that besides the actual murders, they said that the effect, the terror that it caused every time the newspaper was publishing all these stories, sure, that was in a way like a sacrifice because they had so many people in that city terrorized. High trauma. That, that is, trauma, you know, it's, that, yeah. I mean, you're, you're adding high levels of trauma yes. into something and uh, it's just horrible. It is, it's a horrible situation. And yes, I, with, uh, the late Laurie Terry on yes. what he wrote about in The Ultimate Evil, no right. doubt. And people think, well, you know what, that was uh, just a side effect, of course, the newspaper. But they said, uh, and, and according to what he said, basically, that was one of the effects of, you know, that they would shoot people here, shoot people there, that they were sending letters, you know, to the newspapers to hide yeah. it up because they knew the newspapers, of course, would then blast it. And that basically that terror that all these masses were feeling was part of their their how can I say their 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 idea their evil plan? How's that? I know it sounds a little bit like yeah, part of their their terror. And really, if you were to talk about terrorism, that would be under domestic yes. terrorism. Yes. Uh, that you know it was creating a level of terror mm-hmm. uh, against the people of uh, really not only New York but in other places right. as well, like uh, Minot, North Dakota, and any yes. other places where the process was manifesting. Yes. And yes. operating out of that, and that uh, the process originally originated out of England, right? Out of and the UK, uh, yeah. yeah, and and so uh, Manson mm-hmm. was connected to them uh, again, the Berkowitz and the Son of Sam people, and others as well. Uh, this sure. was a, and probably to this day, probably is still very uh, a very large organization. Yes. That uh, is certainly operating in the shadows mm-hmm. and uh, doing a variety of evils. Uh, oh. You know, how many people? Is it like two thousand people a day go missing in America? Uh, where are these people going? Uh, you know, where are some of these people going? Well, and and this is um, that's the thing. Unless you have somebody, a friend, a family, somebody to to number one put in a missing persons report or put in a welfare check. Uh, it's like I've heard of people being discovered dead in their apartments like weeks later. And it's like, this is very sad. Yeah. You mean you very have nobody sad. to at least call the police and say, you know what? I haven't heard from this person. Please go check on them. Um, very, very sad, Marlene. It just, it's heartbreaking. Yes, it to is. To know that somebody perished like that and then just undiscovered for days or weeks or yes. even months. Yes, and th- and then what you were saying originally, what happens, Bill, is same thing. Somebody disappears. If you don't have anybody, a friend or a family, to first of all put a missing persons report or start, you know, giving the grief to the police. Hey, you know, where's this person? You need to look for this person. You know, like, you know, that's it. It fades into the background. And if they ever find any remains, and that's a big if, if there's nothing there to tie them in, you know, now with DNA, I don't know if you've seen yeah. it, found a lot of these cold cases are being closed or they're being uh, basically uh, unidentified victims are being ID'd. And even then, sometimes they have no idea who did it. All right. Yeah, no, it's true. But yes, there's a lot of predators out there. And 
whether you want to say, I want to say that a good large portion of them, if not all of them, are under the influence of evil. No question about it. Yes. And it continues to grow, and that's why it's so very important. I didn't come on your show to preach a sermon, but I came to speak truth. Yes. And I always pray that God speaks through me to speak truth. And the truth of the matter is, in today's world, more so now than ever before in my lifetime, it is so important for people to draw close to God and to make him first. And this is not some kind of televangelism, phony baloney. This is truth. I'm speaking. I'm telling you, I've been there. I've been to the lowest lows, and I've had uh, my life saved and spared by God and transformed as well. And I went from having a life that I was wishing for death uh, for many years to now having a life that is so blessed that I wouldn't trade my life with anybody's life on this planet. I praise God for that. So if we could just be real with God and be real with ourselves and keep him first, then our lives won't become perfect, but they will become much more blessed and we'll be able to navigate through the daily minefields that are thrown at us and all this madness uh is a little more manageable because of our real and authentic connection and relationship with god and our strong faith well the way i see it bill is you know whether you want to say you're a deeply religious person or spiritual whatever if it really didn't matter or wasn't anything why is it being so attacked yeah i have never ever seen so much repression of religious observance, spiritualism, anything. Right. It's like, this is incredible. I've never seen this in my life. What is this? They are doing their best to try and eradicate faith yes. and faith-based people yes. and, and faith-based ideals. And uh, so you hit the nail on the head. If there's nothing to this, then why would they go to such an effort to try and distance and yeah. sort of create um, a distortion between God and man right. and and trying to separate man uh, to where uh, people can't find God. You know, they're spoon-fed just awful, horrible things on a daily basis, and um, it just is designed to lower the frequency and vibration to the point to where um, people are completely desensitized. Yes, it is. And and so when they become desensitized, you can throw anything at anybody, and they go, oh, yeah, I've seen that before, no big deal. Yeah. Uh, yes. So now we're to the point to where, how can I say this? And I love all people. I'm not against anybody. Uh, I hate what some people do, to be sure. honest with you. Of course. Um, and there are some things taking place right now in our country yes. that are on a slippery slope oh, yes. to the point of uh, there is – there's going to be um, either there's, and I don't want this or wish this, but it's going to get to the point to where it's, there's either going to be some type of civil disturbance yes. or somebody's going to do something or God himself is just going to have enough of this. Um, when you start to see these gatherings mm-hmm. with children yes. and putting them on stage and, and oh, having them sexualized that, and having I, I, them in I, I, places. You know what? This is the one thing that I say. And, and some of these parents that I see that take these children there is like, you want to slap them. <laughs> it's like, hello, why are you, why are you bringing your child to this? 
isn't there anything in you as a parent no protection that you're like oh. whatever your uh, beliefs are you know is, is there's nothing in you that you want to protect your child and say you know what when you've been an adult you can make your decisions but for now i'm going to do what a parent is supposed to do which is right. protect your you. guardian your protector yes. your you're the person that's in charge of shaping the yes. child's mind and yes. ideals and uh i've never in my life i'm 56 years old i have never in my lifetime seen such a blatant disregard yes. for children yes. um on the part of parents and the system as well and this is part of an agenda to desensitize again and uh so it's a very very dangerous thing it but boils you, my blood to be honest oh, with no, you no, when but, i but see, see these types of things taking place but see this is the thing bill you know you can have you could you could have a whatever a show whatever i don't care if nobody shows up if the parents are like i'm not bringing that's it nobody's bringing their child forget it they you know it, it's just nobody's gonna put together an event if nobody shows up the problem here are the parents okay i agree i, I absolutely agree i mean what are you thinking yes, what what can you be course. thinking even if even, uh, whatever you're um and you know and a lot of people and i want to go even if you're let's say you're an atheist i don't care you're an atheist but you know even atheists have a sense of protection for their young for their children okay where right. you recognize, you know, I'm not going to damage my child, okay, by exposing my them to goodness, something. My goodness, who would do such a thing? Right. This is like, you know what, when you grow up, that's fine. But right now, you're a child. And this is the, what people don't understand. The kind of childhood you have, fond memories, that you're protected from being exposed to this. You know, when you grow up to be an adult and you encounter difficulties, when you have a, a, a childhood that was a childhood, how's that? This is what basically carries you along because, you know, life is better than maybe if you're going through something dark. You know, you yeah. have memories to say, I know that life is better than what I'm experiencing right now. And so I know I can get through this. But if from the moment that you're a child, that especially the betrayal is from someone oh. who is supposed to protect you. Oh, that my person goodness. betrays yeah. you. Um, let me tell you, that right there sets uh, that the trauma uh going forward for those children as they become adults is profound profound yeah uh and, and it's it's it irreparable in a lot of cases it, in, in, in unless it's and that's what i'm saying it's like yeah you know these events the ones i i would take it up with would be the parents or the adult the caregivers whoever yeah. it is that's bringing these children there um and and it's true I, you would have said this to me let me think five years ago three years ago four years ago oh, i said no yeah way. yeah what you you're gonna get like a go straight to jail it's like you know yeah but nowadays uh, it is the spirit of rebellion that is on the world and so with that spirit of rebellion comes the spirit of lawlessness and yes. that's exactly what's happening you now have places uh like states like illinois yeah. that uh um, pretty much you could do whatever and and no bail or you don't have to pay any bail or anything yes. like that and uh uh just uh, you just can't that. comprehend it. Yeah, that. it's mind-boggling. How in the world? So now you're giving an open invitation yes. uh, for criminals yes. to commit every criminal act under the sun, and it's okay because you're going to get right back out. The other day, I don't know if you saw this video. This came out like maybe 10 days ago. It's a guy in a McDonald's in New York City. And 
he has an altercation. Apparently, he had, it was an altercation. He pulls out this one of those hand axes. Yeah. And he starts destroying this thing. Come to find out the next day they let this guy out. Yeah. I mean, he didn't kill anybody or hurt anybody, but he kind of was close. And you can tell. He could have. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah. okay, if you don't want to prosecute him criminally, which I don't understand why, because basically he uh, trashed the place. Doesn't yeah. anybody think of Baker acting him and having him examined? Because that is not normal behavior. These, uh, so we're in the times, uh, I say it's Sodom come again because yes. uh, it's absolute anything goes. And uh, the victims are treated like the perpetrators, and the perpetrators are treated like victims. Yes. And I say this, yes. when someone does such a wicked and heinous act against someone, especially a child, yes. in my opinion, mm-hmm. they don't have any more rights. They have violated yes. their rights because they have taken the rights from the innocent victim. Yes. So therefore, they don't have any more rights. Let me tell you something. Bill, haven't you heard? that for criminals, men or women who have committed crimes against children, when they go to jail, even among other criminals, they are the target. Why? Because even amongst criminals, even amongst murderers, how's that? Yeah. A person, man or woman, who's victimized a child is like, all bets are off. What does that tell you? What does that tell Uh, you? That tells you how wicked and heinous those acts are, even to criminals, yeah. even to some hardened criminals. Yes. Uh, you know, it's it's very wicked and heinous. So, and Marlene, I'm unfortunately going to have yes. to wrap Don't this up in a minute because no. I'm to my destination now. And um, I can't thank you enough for having no, me back on. on. I want to come back on again as yes, soon as you can yes. have me back because I want to discuss the new book. Yes, and I do, and I and I want to talk to you about some of the stories, you know, stuff that you're permitted to say. But oh again, yeah, there's plenty. Yeah. Good luck on all your projects, and we'll talk soon. And please be careful. Okay, be careful. Out thank there. you so much, and God bless you and your family. And thank everybody out there for listening in. And I'm sorry for having to leave a little uh, earlier. No problem. And it's God understood. bless all of you. You're doing God's and work. And so. I look forward to coming back on again. Take care. Bye bye, Bill. Bye bye. And he had told me, believe it or not, and he was so sweet to apologize because we've had to reschedule a couple of times because he's just been so busy. And at this time he said, I will talk to you on the phone. That's why I don't have him on video on my way to a case. And we were discussing even before we started rolling. He's always, he's always been busy. He's always been busy. But now he's like extra busy. All right. Because, you know, he, yes, he does uh, what, you know, it, it, like what he did with the deliverance with that gentleman that was in another continent on Skype, but he also does local stuff. Obviously, I guess this was within driving distance of where he's at. Um, and, you know, he was telling me briefly that, yeah, that um, in the last, what, two and two and a half years, he's had an uptick in the cases, the severity of the cases. You know, we were discussing, you know, how much of this is it the is it the stress um, you know is it the you know it's 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 a weird dynamic for some people i mean some people handle stress you know let's say let's say now that this thing with covid is kind of like in the rear view kind of even though i think that uh there's other things that will but let's say now with the economy all right, you know, the economy always dips up, goes and down, but there's a lot of things that have been going on for a long time 
uh, uncertainty about jobs, uncertainty about money, uncertainty about housing. Uh, I'll give you a perfect example. I live in Florida. I've lived in Florida all my life. And, you know, we've had a lot of people here. And real estate is exorbitant, exorbitant, especially in South Florida. If you go south of West Palm Beach, it's like untouchable. All right. But even in northern Florida, and I live in a very rural area of northern Florida, uh, I hadn't looked at it. I hadn't looked at the um, at rentals or anything like that for and a few weeks ago. Um, somebody asked me and I was surprised, first of all, the scarcity of properties. And if you could find one, yes, it's less than if you move to the southern part of Florida. But still, it was like astronomical. And I was looking like how can people afford to live? My point being the stressor, unless a bunch of people pile in and live together, all right? And how can I say it? Um, you know, once upon a time, I want to say like in a galaxy far, far away, uh, when you were young, you know, you would get a job, let's say at a fast food, or maybe when you were going to college, or even whether you got a job, and then you would start to work, and maybe you got married or whatever. But you always had, whether you got married and you both decided to buy a house or whether you were single, you basically, once you got your groove on with a job and you were getting some decent little money going on, you had hopes of not a house, you could buy a condo, you could buy a townhouse. Um, it was accessible. It was accessible. You just had to work and, you know, get your money together and, you know, get your credit together and you chances are you could buy something and this is the way it's always been you know a single person or a young family they they go into what they call starter homes which is you buy a little house uh maybe two bedrooms or no garage or an older home a fixer-upper and then you you know the thought was always that this is how you start and then you had hopes of quote unquote the american dream of hey i can i can have a place to live uh, whether, you know, you have it for your family or for yourself or, hey, I, I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be a renter all my life. You know, I want to have a place where it, I'm going to, or let's go the other route. Let's say you're one of these persons that says, hey, you know what? I want to, I want to become an investor. I want to buy properties. This is how I'm going to make my money. I'm going to, I'm going to go into real estate and I'm going to start with, you know, smaller properties. Again, uh, properties, fixer uppers or Let's say you're one of these people that's good with a hammer and a nail. Even even lean-tos, shanties now are untouchable. Because remember, most banks, unless, you know, depending, you need a 10 or a 20% down payment, the least. That's not throw, throw in their closing costs and all the other fees that they throw in there to purchase a property. And it's become unreachable. And I think that's really sad. And you know why I'm saying this? Because of my age... I can say it because I've lived, I lived the other side of this, all right? I come from a very, very, very middle class background, okay? All my family, everybody lived and in a middle class neighborhood, worked middle class jobs. Um, yeah, I was born in Miami, but my family were immigrants from Cuba. And after a couple of years, they found you know, little house in in this suburb of Miami called Hialeah that was kind of empty, uh, where you could buy a little house. This was back in the 60s. But again, it was, even if you were a factory worker or you had a, it didn't have to be a glitzy job. It didn't have to be, 
you still were able to buy a little house. And that's what my family did. <laughs> you know, they bought a small house in this, you know, Hialeah was an older part. My aunt and my uncle moved across the street, you know, and that's how you started. And people would, you know, do, you know, start improving it. It was an older home. And that was always the deal that you had. It was if you were willing to work, you had the opportunity. But now I see it and it's like, wow, you could be busting your you know what. And this uh, this desire, this need, this opportunity, if you have it. Let me tell you something. There's pe- now, I'm not saying this is for everybody. Because I know a lot of people that, you know, let's say, if, hey, I want to travel around first. You know, I'm going to, I'm not going to buy anything because I don't want to settle down. I want to move around to the other parts of the country, you know, I'm jetting, whatever, whatever floats your boat, you know, I, I get it, I get it, but overall, I want to say the majority of people that I knew, even whether, whether their socioeconomic status was the here, 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 always was, hey, if I want to buy a place, or I want to invest in a place, I want to get into real estate, and I'm going to buy some places, and then pretty soon I'm going to move on to the other one, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, I think it's been years. I remember there would always be those infomercials about, you know, the uh, flip, uh, buy properties and flip them and make money. That thing has been, you know, some version of it has been around for years and years, you know, about these courses and, you know, you go to the thing and we're going to have, they would have these events, you know, and of course, basically it's a way to give you a tremendous sales pitch, but basically it was, getting into investing into real estate and flipping and buying for nothing. I'm sure everybody's, well, you, you, you don't hear those infomercials anymore. They don't exist. You never hear them. Why? Because it's impossible. Even though technically you think, yes, investing in real estate is a good investment. All right. Because it was always the, um, there was always the, 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 whether it was the foreclosures or again, the fixer uppers that were really need a lot of fixer upper, but the potential was there. I mean, there was land and a lot of that has gone into the back seat. Why? Because people are barely holding on just to give a roof over their head because especially now, you know, after the thing with COVID and then now the inflation and gasoline, let's not even go there. Okay. That's not even, it's prohibitive. And this, everybody feels it because if you have a vehicle and you need that vehicle and you need to go to drive to go to work, all right, because let's face it, not everybody has the luxury or the option of, let's say, uh, doing remote work. It's just, you know, the type of work you do, all right, that, that's not it. Oh, what if you work in a hotel and you're one of the people that cleans up the rooms? You got to be there. <laughs> you know? There's not every job is in front of a computer, all right? You got to be there and you need a, you need to be able, I'm going to give you a perfect example where I live, it's rural and everything is a distance. All right. My closest supermarket, right? Real supermarket is about 12 or 13 miles away from me. In other words, around here, if you need to go to work, any job, you got to travel a bit. You got to have, you got to put gasoline in a vehicle. All right. So think about it, you know, how much now is, how much really are you bringing home after you back out, how much money you have to put into the gasoline tank just to keep that job, just to show up is my point. 
So again, getting back to the original thing, all these stressors. Okay, I mean, we've always had stressors. They come and they go. But the antidote to stress uh, or systemic stress, like that long, drawn-out stress, is hope. Okay. When you have hope in the middle of a stressful situation or months or episodes or whatever you want to call it, whether it's collective, like in a city, a country, or individually, or a family. When you have hope that, you know, that proverbial light at the end of the tunnel, you, you it's like, okay, I, I will get through this. I've got a way to get out to the other end. It's temporary. All right? And I think that a lot of times, uh, looking, because you might think, well, that's we're talking strictly here economics. Okay, but all these factors, okay, affect the person. I mean, you you can rationalize everything that I've just said, but that doesn't mean you can turn it off from invading your mind, your spirit, you know, depression. There's a host of things. All those things open the gateway for negative spiritual turbulence. All right? Uh, especially, I want to say, where uh, there's been, I want to say, an attack either spiritualism or religion and by this I'm not saying any religion even though Christians we're taking a we're taking us man we're getting it we're getting spanked hard all right but before I, I and you know what sometimes maybe it's I'm being naive or idealistic but once upon a time which is like this is America it was a, whatever your religion that was what America was whatever your religion or lack thereof Hey, you wanted to be an atheist? Go for it. <laughs> that's all, that's on you. You want to be a new ager, and uh, you know, and consult the uh, stones or the gems or whatever. Go for it. Jewish, Christian, whatever, whatever it was in America, it was like that's that was protected and nothing was attacked. All right. To each his own, and you would worship in the the best way you saw fit, unless of course you know you were. By the way, you were at a cult, you know, like where you're killing children or something like that. But let's face it, that's that's not the majority of stuff. And I've never, again, seen what I've been seeing. And it gives me pause because, like I said, when you've been alive as long as I have, like, you know, the before and the after, you know, when you're only alive X amount of time, you really don't know the before. But when you're a little bit older, you have the luxury, if you want to look at it, of the before. You have something to compare it to, and that's why you're like, what is going on? And believe me, I am a very laid-back, live-and-let-live kind of person. I really, truly am. All right, I always try to keep that balance, which is always with that, which is even if I don't agree with what you're doing or thinking or saying or whatever, or it's like, man, I never do that. But there was a, always a, a part of me in, that you always thought it was society, which is, okay, I wouldn't do it. That's not for me, but hey, if that's what you want to do, be my guest. Go ahead, do it. Yeah, I might not agree. I might, I might even go, God, what is that? But it's almost like for me to have the freedom, I have to give you the freedom to do the same thing. Do whatever it is. Again, unless you're hurting somebody, a child, or forcing somebody, then that, that changes the whole dynamic right there. And I've never seen that I don't know that freedom attacked that way. Um, I, 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 to me, it's like I, 
like I pointed out to Bill, if it was not such a big deal, they would just leave people alone. It's like, oh, they want to, oh, they want to go to church or they want to do this or they want to like, uh, uh, whatever. Why, why go through all the trouble if there was not something to it as far as whether you're, if you want to call it spiritual salvation or um, let's say you're not the type of person that, uh, but it does something for your mind that you feel whole or protected because you have a spiritual belief, a religion, whatever the case might be, that that soothes you, it soothes your mind, it soothes your heart, it soothes your spirit, okay? Even if some person can say, well, I don't see anything happening, but to that person, that's how they take it in the religious beliefs, their practices brings that to them. What does it matter? Unless what you're trying to do is you're trying to drive everybody crazy. Then you want to take away anything that will soothe them. All right. And put them under a great deal of stress continuously for long periods of time. And I'm not talking little stress. I'm talking extinction level stressors for a long time. You want to see people go cuckoo, kuma, cuckoo? Do that. All right. Do that. And again, in the background is dark malevolence that you know you can't quantify it nobody can can bottle it photograph it prove it you know put it in a lab and you know produce it but it's there all right and somebody like bill who works in that area is aware of it uh, because sometimes you know we, we we always think sometimes especially when you look listen to somebody like bill being you know as far as it's a one-on-one thing he's um, working with a person on a one-to-one basis, but sometimes that, I want to use the best word I know, think I can think of, that corruption is collective, okay? It's a collective malevolence. It's not just that one person that has a spiritual attachment or demonic influence or whatever. That, in other words, the the aim is the, you know, why 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 hurt only one when I can hurt the many? right oh and plus along the way I'm gonna take away anything and everything that could one protect them soothe their heart help them be hopeful um, help them hold on Uh, but he he was absolutely on target when he said desensitizing us you know I tell everybody again I, I, I'm going to use my, my days, my years on this earth. I remember when the exorcist came out in 1973, that people were running around <laughs> trying to get exercised by their priests and all these parishes all over the United States. I think around the world were basically people were lining up. <laughs> people hadn't been to church were cafeteria Catholics and other Christian. Everybody was running around. And you know why? Because yes, it was a well-made movie. I understand. But, up to that point, even though there had been those Hammer movies and all that, the audiences were, we were innocent. We were innocent. We were, I want to say, not exposed, whether it was a graphic or the idea, that it really shocked us. It just shocked people to, the, the innocence was lost. I mean, so many movies have been made afterwards have been more graphic but back then it's so memorable because the audience the the normal audience the run of the mill the collective normal you know not the outliers okay 
we were so shocked because we, even though we, yeah, we'd seen movies of, of whether it was, um, you know, weird stuff, you know, Christopher Lee as the vampire with bloodshed eyes, uh, other dark, Rosemary's Baby, I think, had already come out, and everything. It, it did something, I think, to the collective innocence of the audiences that were like, that's horrible. Think about it. If you look at look at look at Rosemary's Baby, okay. Because if you look at both of those movies, basically the one that has the upper hand there is Satan, the devil, whatever, malevolence. Okay. In the first one, uh, the premise of the movie is basically the R- Rosemary's husband basically sells her or offers her as a vessel for the devil to bring his child into the world because he wants to make it big. He's the, which, by the way, I don't understand how that works because. But basically, that's what he does. He's the one that allows this to happen. He makes a deal, but not for himself. And he wants his, he gives his wife up to be raped by uh, by the devil and bring forth his child. Okay. And here, she, of course, she's surrounded by all these, um, in that building where she lived at, all these witches and warlocks or whatever you want to call them or devil worshippers I don't care you know you you know arose by any other name you know so even the doctor everybody that surrounded her of course was instrumental in guarding her for that purpose and the pregnancy for that purpose okay but bottom line at the end of that movie who triumphed it was the devil it was satan or lucifer whatever whatever you want to call him when you, when the exorcist came out, well, you know, you could say at the end of the movie, uh, Father Damien exorcised Reagan and she was set free, but basically not really because this thing, basically he had to sacrifice himself and he got possessed. So in a way it wasn't that the priest was able to send the demons or the devil or whoever was in there back to hell or wherever it was the only way I can win or save this child is by putting myself which by the way is not the way a real exorcism works alright and then what was the other movie that came out in those times The Omen that was another one same thing alright same thing here you know the devil you know uh manipulates to have their child born of, I think it was a jackal, placed in with is a changeling with a, the powerful Thorn family, kills the child that, that was born. And if you follow, you know, the, because, you know, there was more than one open movie, the, the, he's the Antichrist and basically he triumphs. People are after him. People that know what he is, eventually even his own father, Gregory Peck, and still, in other words, the hand of the devil was mightier than any um, than the power of God. How's that? All right. And basically, there that drives a subconscious belief system into that audience because remember, all those movies were very, very popular and seen by millions of people. All right. And basically, it's like. 
you know how we would always see before that there was the prototypical hero in Hollywood, that that was the message of what this is, how the hero would would act. You know, there was a certain archetype. Well, basically, these movies were laying out that at the end of the day, evil triumphs. You know, you could have God on your side, you could invoke angels, you could be even a religious person, because remember, in the Omen, all right, there's even, uh, there's there's a, a priest, there's monks, I forget what they were, that knew who he was, or what he was, and were trying to kill him, even as a child. And still, you know, there was one, that famous movie, the famous part where, what was it, David Warner, or was it Richard, I can't remember, David, he, as a matter of fact, he recently passed away. His head gets... So basically what I'm saying is there's there's a, an, inf- an inference, there's a messaging beyond the entertainment value that you're saying, wow, that's out there, is there's no getting away from it. No matter if you're a priest, no matter how religious you are, no matter if uh, you ask for help, uh, you're, you, the, 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 you can still be victimized. Because if you remember, even in The Omen, the Thorne family, the the couple, which is played by Gregory Peck and Lee Grant, they were not they were rich, but they were nice people. They weren't bad people, and all they wanted was to have a child. Apparently, that had a problem with having children, but they weren't bad people. In other words, being a good person didn't didn't protect you. And I think that that really uh, did something to people's men- mental, especially back in the seventies when these movies came out, because prior to that. We were always shown through the media and movies, which is very powerful, a very, very, very powerful vehicle, that good is always going to triumph over evil. All right. At the end of the day, let's face it, all the Hammer films, I'm going to go back to the Hammer films. But even before that, you know, Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing, works, you know, rushes in and puts a stake through his heart. You know, I don't care about the bloodshot. It doesn't matter. Always at the end of these movies, even earlier ones, if you want to say, well, they have the happy ending, but always the message was good triumphs over evil. The good person triumphs over evil. Even if they have to sacrifice themselves, they're there. They know that their sacrifice means the triumph over evil, the bad guy, uh, the bad company, the bad government, you know, what, whoever the villain was. In the movie, but in, the, in let's say for these purposes, we're talking here about evil as in the devil, Satan, Lucifer, whatever, whatever. Okay, whether you want to say it's a monster movie or anything like that. The end was always that. And then these movies started to change that the paradigm. And by the way, even after that, all right, um... It's never gone quite back. It's never gone quite back. And um, less people, and by the way, I, I I don't say this lightly, you know, a lot of people that think that when they see these movies, it's all as far as the darkness, the corruption of the human soul, um, what people are driven to. Again, I'm not kidding you. You know, people think that, oh, if let's say you go there, if you believe in evil or the devil or Lucifer or whatever you want to call it, and you know you're thinking of this prototypical Hollywood version of the possession and the person uh, talks and spits and uh, levitates, uh, uh, yeah, you could say that, but 
Do you want me to tell you something? That's window dressing. The real true aim of evil is to corrupt a human being so that that person does horrible things and corrupts other humans or causes anguish and heartbreak. All right? The devil gets more mileage out of a person like that than making somebody, you know, spit green pea soup. Yeah, and? And? (laughs) If they don't call an exorcist to come get you, what's going to happen is you're going to end up in an insane asylum. Yeah, sure, the devil gets really... No, what he wants is a human instrument that he can have commit horrible acts on his behalf. All right? And sometimes it's a one-time deal, and sometimes, and I'm sure you've heard of some killers, serial killers, other ones... They go, they go for years, and some of them don't ever get caught. All right, that right there is the evil that we need to fear, okay, as far as not the Hollywood version of, uh, you know, somebody, you know, talking like, a, you know, you know what they say. And I'm, by this, I'm not saying, you know how they say that they have all these um, giveaways, you know, telltale giveaways where a person is possessed where they have superhuman strength or they talk in different languages you know like or latin or languages that they have no way of knowing and or they know things about the person that's trying to exercise them i'm not saying that that doesn't happen all right but really truly an evil entity what they would want is to have that person operate as much as possible for as long as possible doing horrific things and not getting caught not being stopped not coming to the attention whether it's law and order justice system an exorcist and um, things of that nature I mean I'm going to do a show about that because I think sometimes people get all caught up thinking that it's just uh, the uh the big, uh, you know, the the in-your-face, you know, the the you know, when you see these people that they do these gymnastics because they're being possessed, and it's like, oh, come on, yeah, okay, it's kind of in your face, but there's something much darker, much scarier, more permanent that comes about when you've got that type of attachment, uh, whether it's a, an obsession and/or possession. Yes, absolutely. So anyway, guys, I hope you liked this uh, interview with Bill Bean. I've got a lot of great, great uh, guests lined up, okay, um, that are coming on. Uh, again, I am going to have a live stream for um, for Halloween. I'm going to get together some ghost stories, you name it. We'll see what happens. I don't know yet who my... Um, my wingman's going to be probably my hubby you know but we'll see we'll see let's see if I can dig up somebody else I've got somebody in the back in, that I'm working on you know um and uh yeah and look me up on eerie news look me up on substack go to miamighostchronicles.com go to mppellister.com again that's where I have the links to everything all the shows all the videos if you want to listen to them without commercial interruption, you can download them or listen to them on the browser from my website or it links to your podcast platform, whatever your preference is. And uh, 
let's see because we're heading towards 2023 like a bullet and I hate to say it but you know what you know how everybody always thinks especially after a rough year like oh my god I hope this new year is going to be better let me tell you something I've never meant that as much as I do now I think we are really really ready for like let's have a good year we need to put some of this stuff behind us because people need to heal people need to heal and move on and life is not perfect and that's just the way it is but man we need some time to heal and get ourselves together and along the way listen to weird stories that Marlene brings to you so until then thank you so much you're all wonderful to come and spend this time with me take care